Welcome to episode two. This week, Liz and I will be discussing your options. Divorce is difficult, but it need not define you. I'm your host, Phil O'Connor, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Liz Tate. I'm a financial advisor specialising in divorce and I'm passionate about helping clients craft sensible financial settlements, having witnessed firsthand the mess my parents made of it back in 1994. Liz runs her own mediation practice here in Bolton and is a pioneer in online mediation, both nationally and internationally. Prior to setting up on her own, Liz was a family law solicitor for 25 years. Hi Liz. Hi Phil. Here we are at episode two. Here we are again. Yes indeed. So we're looking at uh, the main process options now for divorce and settlement. Um, do you want to just let the listeners know what those are and how to choose them? Sure. Let's have a, a quick counter through so some of the options are available to you for really looking at what process is the best match, the best fit when you're trying to navigate through to a financial outcome or when you're looking at exploring parental planning or parental outcomes uh, if there are, there are children. Um, so last time we looked at divorce process, and that's, that's quite linear because basically you need to go to court to get a divorce. You can't, you can't do it in terms of getting your decree absolute without a court process. But where the other options are concerned, you've actually got quite a lot of choice. Um, and there are a multitude of opportunities for sorting out finances, for resolving a parenting plan for your children. Um, but not everybody knows what choices they've got. So we thought it would be quite helpful um, if Phil and I were just to have at an early stage in our podcast uh, broadcast to uh, walk people through the opportunities and tell you a little bit about each of them in turn. Obviously, we've got limited time, so we'll give you some resources and signpost you to other um, uh, materials that you can check out and see which is a good fit uh, for you. Um, but essentially, um, well, the, what, the best known one, I suppose, is court, mm -hmm. that uh, people go to court to sort out uh, arrangements for their children, or they go to court to get the judge to help them decide what fairness looks like financially and you know that's what lawyers are best known probably for for delivering um court-based outcomes and is it fair to say liz that some settlements some divorces absolutely need to go to court to to, to resolve them um because the parties can't whereas other divorces need not i would say so yes and and you may know at an early stage um which way your your case is is headed or you may not actually know till till much later but before embarking on litigation and and all that's involved there it might be worth just taking time uh, again time and research to say well okay what are my other options what are my other choices and you can find out that information in a variety of ways um, obviously much has been written about the court process uh, and solicitors will, will gladly walk you through what's involved for both financial matters and children matters um, and most most solicitors certainly our governing body fill resolution solicitors will walk you through the other alternatives as well but you might also research that online um, or even consider talking to a, a mediator about what the process options are because most mediators are not there to, to 
do a sales pitch on mediation, but really to explore and explain the different pros and cons of the available options. So let's have a, a, a quick walk through those. Well, first up, cheapest and probably quickest and possibly if the emotional landscape is is okay, the, the easiest um, is do it yourself. So negotiating your own agreements with or without professional support in the background can at first glance feel cheaper, quicker, kinder. Uh, and you know, a lot of people do that. They grab a, a coffee uh, at various coffee shops, uh, which I won't name, um, and sit down with a spreadsheet or maybe a note of their assets or their um, uh, working schedules to, to craft outcomes. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. It can be really helpful uh, to begin there. But it's not necessarily where it ends because it is always worth running past those ideas and options through, through a solicitor to get their input and, and perhaps draw it up in a, a formal way. Mm -hmm. So do it yourself. Um, often um, seen as a way forward for more simple negotiations perhaps. Um, what if I get stuck there in, in do-it-yourself? Where, where else can we go? We've mentioned court. I know there's some other areas we can um, we can head to if we're, we're, we're needing to discuss various things. That's what, right. What are those, Liz? Well, one, one stage up from do-it-yourself is, is sort of a facilitated conversation. So I kind of guess uh, an analogy would be having a third person present at that discussion with you and, and your former partner um, who's there to facilitate your um, conversation, who's there to look at the options that are, are available to you and as a neutral to try to stand in each of your respective shoes and see what fairness might look like to explain the process but also the um, ways in which courts uh, can deal with uh, financial matters or, or parental matters. And mediation is, is a really helpful way of looking at the issues, looking at the options, finding solutions and weighing those all up um, in a safe, supported environment where you each have a, a voice and where the mediator is very concerned to make sure that there is balance in the room, that there is time to explain things, that there is the opportunity to unpack things uh, in a way that uh, enables both parties to find solutions. And I think data is, is really important here in whatever process you're in, to be honest, um, Phil, but good data, the quality of, of data really determines the quality of outcomes. If you have good financial data and clarity and transparency, then you're much more likely to reach consensual, solid outcomes that will stand up to scrutiny and stand the test of time. Because actually what we want is sustainable solutions, future-focused solutions. Um, mediation has many, many fine qualities, but I, I wouldn't... I think it's really hard to sit together in, in a room, even with a, a, a mediator facilitating, and be asked to communicate well at a time perhaps in, in your relationship separation or your relationship breakdown, when communication is often the first casualty of the separation or divorce process. 
So I wouldn't want to underestimate the, the courage and the, the, the levels of engagement and commitment that are needed to make mediation effective, to make it sing as a process. When it does work, it is infinitely quicker, certainly more cost effective. And, and the feedback uh, that a lot of people give from the mediation process is that for many people, not all of course, but for many people it is kinder, certainly where children are concerned, because it very much focuses on a client-led agenda and client-led outcomes. So it's one of the most effective processes for clients finding their voice. Um, and I would encourage people to at least explore it and trust their own gut instincts. If they think mediation will probably work after speaking to a mediator, then it probably will, or at least is perhaps worth trying. If they think that it will never work in a month of Sundays, then there'll be a reason for that. And I would say possibly explore it further or proceed cautiously because mediation is never a door that closes. Sometimes it's premature, sometimes it's too late, but you can always return to it mm -hmm. at a later stage. And, and lots of people are already in the court process when they contemplate mediation. Okay, so very much a process about divorcing, looking at the settlement, all the different things that can be discussed in mediation. But uh -huh. of, often it is confused with something else though, isn't it? And I think we need to be clear on that, which is... A lot of people come into it thinking that it's actually some form of marriage counselling, or yeah, um, yeah, that that is, um, and I, oh, I think I think there's lots of reasons for that, but um, essentially, uh, I'm often asked um, whether uh, mediation is a form of relationship counselling, and sometimes people do do attend uh, to see me and say, well, look, I need to tell you now, I have no intention of getting back together, so what's the point of? of our conversation. No, mediation is problem solving after the decision to separate has been formed and, and possibly separation has already taken place. It isn't therapeutic uh, in nature and it isn't counselling, although many fine services we briefly touched upon in podcast one exist to help people who are not certain that their relationship mm -hmm. has actually reached its final stages. And generally, yes, that is relationship counselling um, or um, person-centred counselling as an individual to help people form that, that decision. But yes, mediation is very much that the relationship, sadly, is, is over. And how do we actually now move forward separately? What do we need to resolve in order to begin a new chapter? Okay, so... What about lawyer negotiations? Um, I understand as well that mediation can dovetail with um, solicitors, but sometimes you mentioned that um, getting in the same room together is just not going to be possible. So what, right, what, yes. what other options have we got if, well, if that's um, not possible? Well, often lawyer negotiations can prove highly effective. Just because you consult a lawyer and correspondence is prepared and, and even uh, proceedings are issued, it doesn't mean to say that the case still won't resolve. So solicitor negotiations is a very, very common way in which matters are finalised. Um, that the solicitors would correspond with one another, exchange proposals, ideas, options, and seek to find a, a, a way forward. Um, sometimes that isn't possible, and sometimes those negotiations are taking place against the uh, shadow of the court, as it were. Court proceedings have already been issued. Um, it's not uncommon for that to happen because 
sadly, the, the, the court timetables are getting longer because there, there are many pressures on, on court resource. So you might find that um, proceedings are issued in order to get a backstop date, but that negotiations are taking place against that timetable, which can often, very often, lead to agreed outcomes. And even where they don't, can actually pave the way for sensible, constructive negotiations at court. Um, obviously, when you initially choose your lawyer, you might have a, a sort of uh, active eye on the kind of process that you've you've, you've contemplating really, because as, as in life, with working with any um, sort of uh, professional team. Um, in effect, it's, it's horses for courses, and, and you may have a recommendation, which is a brilliant way of, of finding a lawyer. Another good way is looking at the Law Society website or the Resolution website. Um, and many, many lawyers will offer first free interview or certainly a first free telephone call so that you can establish whether you have sufficient rapport, whether you know, like, and trust mm -hmm. that person, as well as going off the transactional trust that you'd probably have uh, as, as a lawyer anyway. Um, so yeah, finding somebody who's right for you and has the right kind of approach is is key because everybody's unique. Not it's definitely not a case of one size uh, fits all. And as part of that, uh, you might want to establish who's in the legal team, um, and that doesn't just include lawyers. I mean, something I'm passionate about. And I think Phil, you share this this view, is the the, the team of support. So it's not just about lawyers. We've talked about maybe person-centred counsellors, therapists, maybe mediators. But there's another really important piece of that jigsaw from, from my perspective, which is the role of the independent financial advisor. Would you be able to tell us just or touch a little... I know that's going to be part of a future podcast, but just in terms of process options, would, would you share a little bit about uh, the role of the uh, independent financial advisor in uh, crafting a way forward? Sure. Um, so as a resolution accredited IFA, I trained in the collaborative process, which we'll go on to talk about. Um, so effectively, a, a financial advisor planner can be airlifted in to discuss at any point, really, whether it's do it yourself, mm -hmm. um, whether you're going to court or doing lawyer-led negotiations or, or mediation. Um, the, the process really is, is, is whether you're talking about you know, the children or the finances or property and things where you're getting stuck so if the planner can come in and unstuck people that's something that as you know I'm hugely hugely passionate about and we do a lot of work together uh, and, and with others to, to, to help people through but um, it, it can be basic stuff around the pensions or mm. looking at outcomes I'm huge on outcomes because I think that's something that gets missed a lot you know how are the parties going to be left after the finances are resolved are they going to have their needs met as a basic principle, but actually beyond that, have they got enough? Sure. Um, and and is the is there a balance to it? So there's some property to live in and there's some income to live off, mm -hmm. and and that's something I'm very very passionate about. So, am I right in thinking as well though that you can dip into each each one of these um, processes to 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 deal with different things as you go along? So we might be mediating on something. Um, but you've already dealt with another aspect elsewhere by going to court or 
the lawyers have dealt with that or you've even done it yourself? I mean, how, how Pretty much. I mean, you can pick and mix, as it were. I would say it impacts um, certain... Um, the, the tone of, of the negotiations. So when I'm mediating and there are already live court proceedings, the tone of that mediation may feel different from if people are working exclusively outside the court. But I don't think our discussion on options would be complete, uh, perhaps, without an introduction to uh, a relatively new, although it's been established in the UK for well over 10 years now, uh, process which possibly is different from all of the things that we've discussed, which is the idea of collaborative practice. And in collaborative practice, each person uh, appoints their own uh, specially trained collaborative lawyer and the lawyers sign up not to go to court. So you probably wouldn't have a situation where you're collaborating and in court because the lawyers basically is a promise to their um, clients and as a, a demonstration of their commitment to working collaboratively sort of disqualified themselves from litigation. Of course, uh, clients can opt out of the collaborative process and litigate going forwards through, through new lawyers, but it really anchors the, the process and um, it has many overlap qualities with mediation, but you have the added benefit in collaborative process of that legal advice at the table. Um, and you and I, Phil, uh, both worked extensively collaboratively in the past, and it's, it's very creative, particularly on including and integrating the specialised role of the independent financial advisor, um, which uh, I think really contributes to positive outcomes, cost-effective outcomes um, for clients, because we're struck by what you said, which is that um, it's not just about the here and now, is it, on the finances, it's about the future, maybe five years, ten years, maybe post-retirement. So there's quite a lot at stake to unpack mm -hmm. here, isn't there? Yeah, I think when you're in the outcomes game, which which any decent financial planner will be, that that's ultimately where we spend our time day to day. So whenever we look at these situations, um, whenever I'm involved in any financial se uh, settlements, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about the outcomes, um, not fixated on a point or a matter it's how's this going to impact down the line mm -hmm. um, what I like about the collaborative process from what I've been involved in is okay I can come into the room and and help with the finances and 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 sit there as neutral so I'm not advising either party but they are getting advice legal advice in the room and it's very very current and what I find is that if you potentially going to get stuck on a legal matter uh, that advice can, can be given very, very quickly mm -hmm. in the collaborative process, which perhaps in other processes it's not quite as fluid. Um, so we can move through um, the pros and cons and any objections that come up during a collaborative meeting very quickly. There's a transparency about the, the advice, I think, isn't there, which cuts through <laughs> cuts through potentially a, a lot of positioning. Um, and even though lawyers... Yeah, often disagree collaboratively because they've signed this uh, commitment not to litigate there's an energy and engagement about the process which is transformative it, it's it's different from all the other processes um, and, and well worth exploring if you feel that um, 
it, it might chime with, with, with some of your thoughts and values and, and uh, how you want to divorce. I, don't, I personally don't think there's enough explored about how do you want this divorce to look like when you look back in five, ten years' time at this very challenging period of your life, what memories do you want to have about how you dealt with it, what you did, what was said, um, what what you took away from the process? I don't mean financial outcomes, but in terms of the, the, the memories that you have which feed into the future. Um, yeah, I mean, from my own personal perspective, watching my parents divorce back in 96 and the lack of options that they had across the piece... Uh, with regard to finances, but also the fact that they just didn't speak to each other, um, just led to lots of problems post-divorce Very with difficult. you know family occasions, be it um, graduations or, or weddings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think you know again that chimes with me hugely, mm -hmm. and one of the one of the reasons why I think we're both sat here doing this podcast is that the more people understand the process, the more people understand the options that they have. And we recognise that it takes two to tango with these things. You know, you, you, both parties have to want to do whatever this option might be, whether sure. it's uh, mediate or, um, you know, sit around a table together and, and thrash it out properly, um, whether that's the information gathering, the disclosure, etc., that can be problematic. The point is, it's outcomes. You know, this is a point in time where mm. you're dealing with a very difficult situation. No one is going to tell you otherwise because it is, and all the all the research shows you that it's one of, if not the most stressful thing you can ever do in yeah, your life. absolutely. But here are the options. Let's be adult and let's look at them and see where we can take them. It's choice, isn't it? And I think, I mean, you may instinctively know that some options are not are not going to be runners and, and that, you know, sadly, this, this is a case that may need the support of, of a court-based outcome. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, yes, court can be quite challenging and it can be quite costly but it needn't be as positioned and adversarial as as perhaps various television <laughs> series or, or the media might depict um but these things matter don't they i think you spoke very movingly of the impact that, that it had so um sure okay so um there is another option that we've not just touched on which i'd like to talk about um, so we've run through the, the, the five so far, which, uh, if I just summarise, is uh, D DIY, do it yourself, uh, straight to court, uh, solicitor negotiations, collaborative law, mediation. And we've got this relatively new one on top of that, um, arbitration. Arbitration, yeah. I, I don't think arbitration is used as much as it, as it could be. Um, I, I think it... Is a great addition to the uh, the menu of choice uh, for clients, and I, I often recommend that it's at least explored. Um, I, I try to. I, I don't know whether this is a good analogy. It's the one I use. So if anybody out there's got any better ones, please let me know. But I often say um, arbitrations, sort of to explain it, is, is similar almost to the difference between Bupa and, and the NHS. You you may find that the, the personalities. Of, people involved in both are very similar but it's how you access it um, so with the court obviously uh, if, if, if we align the court with the NHS I, I know this analogy breaks down in several places but just as a, an example then uh, essentially you might be waiting a little bit longer uh, to get your date but in terms of 
the um, uh, arbitration, uh, you kind of uh, get directed to a private judge, as it were. Obviously, you might need to agree that it's binding, that the outcome is binding, but we're quite blessed in the Northwest. There's some brilliant arbitrators out there. You can find it by looking at the, the Registry of arbitra Arbitrators, but you're supposed to be able to recommend us as well. And it can be very good for dealing with discrete points that you disagree about, so very swiftly. Um, and also the whole the whole case, if that's what you choose. So I'm I would always wave the flag for for arbitration. Um, there is something else I'd just like to throw into the mix. And again, I know it's going to be uh, the subject of future podcasts. But with all of these options, don't forget about the potentiality for online because you can do online mediation, you can do online arbitration. A lot of court hearings now are, are by video link. Um, lawyer negotiations is an increasing take-up of uh, FaceTime calls between lawyers. Um, and um, of course, do yourself negotiations if, if parties live geographically apart or even internationally apart. You can be dealing with it uh, through the use of, of um, online media, uh, collaborative practice as well. So. The, the world, oh God, it sounds very trite, doesn't it? The world is changing. But I, I think there's a huge um, opportunity in, in the role of online uh, dispute resolution. It's something I'm very passionate about. Uh, I'm very aware of that, Liz, as well. And uh, when you think about any travel that you do these days, um, avoiding getting in the car has got to be a, a positive. Um, but you do a lot of international uh, mediation, don't you? So um, do you want to just touch on that a little bit? And then what we'll do is we'll wrap up with... Um, where, where I might go next to find out any information on these options yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and how to access them. Yeah, um, international online mediation, um, mainly uh, obviously for um, couples who are separated and were domiciled basically based in the UK, so English and Welsh law applies, but might have relocated because of work um, or, or may have always uh, lived separately because they've never lived together as a family unit, but perhaps they have a child together and it's a good way of certainly beginning a conversation or indeed continuing a conversation where people have moved abroad as part of the process of, of separation and divorce so you might have started off face to face but then been continuing your, your discussions because they haven't resolved yet through uh, the media of um, either uh, video uh, online mediation or Skype so yeah um, and it, generally there's been massive improvements in the quality of video links and a lot of these platforms are free as well so it appeals um, from a, a cost perspective but I think we're going to uh, do a little bit of uh, uh, discussion about that as a, one of our later podcasts with uh, some experts who, who regularly arbitrate and mediate and collaborate and litigate online. Absolutely so I think the plan is to, to, to get some interviews done and, and to, to throw open this uh, podcast to um, other experts. Um, so just wrapping up then, how do I access some of these um, options? Where am I best to look for them and, and what do I need to be thinking about as I approach um, one of these options? Sure. Well, most of the, these options are uh, detailed on the um, main uh, government website, uh, sorting out separation. They'll walk you through it very neutrally with, with no sales pitch and just explain, um, uh, you know, in a very accessible way what, what's involved in each one. Um, of course, most lawyers, <coughs> excuse me, I'm losing my voice here, most lawyers will um, <coughs> 
Uh, there we are. Uh, most lawyers will walk you through it as well at a, a first meeting. It's never really too early to contemplate it. So if you've done a little bit of research about how you want to uh, separate uh, before you go and see a lawyer, ask them about what process options you have, what services they can offer, where they can signpost you, uh, if it's not a service that they can help you with directly. Um, mediators will always cover it off in the uh, required meeting, uh, which is called a MIAM, before you issue court proceedings anyway, so they're a good neutral resource. Um, and yeah, listen to recommendation as well. Listen to recommendation and see what options, what windows uh, you've got and what, what, what worked for, for other people. Um, but yeah, um, research again, communication, finding out the fit and trust your own instinct. I'm a great believer in that. You know, as I say, you might be interested in the process. That's probably because it resonates with what you think will be best. Well, listen to that um, and, and see what's involved. What are the pros? What are the cons? Um, what are the costings? And what are the timescales? Um, and that will help you make informed choices. Excellent advice, Liz. Thank you. So um, we'll put those in the podcast notes. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the This Is Divorce podcast. If you'd like further information, you can go to our website, thisisdivorce.co.uk, where you can access further resources and information. If you'd like the podcast, it'd be great if you could leave us a review. Reviews help us to get noticed and mean that more and more people can get access to the resources they need. You can find us on Facebook and you can leave a review there too. And finally, you can do this. Remember, divorce is difficult but it needn't define you.